Welcome to Work Cited, a uh, poetry podcast. My name is Kevin Couture, and I'm here with uh, Luke Bauerlein. And Luke, uh, where are you calling from? Hey, everybody. I'm in uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. All right. And uh, we're also joined by Luke Stromberg. Um, uh, Luke, how you doing? Uh, where are you calling from today? I'm doing well. I'm in Upper Darby, PA. Excellent. And uh, for uh, people who are keeping score at home, I'm uh, out in Boston, MA. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the Gwendolyn Brooks poem, The Mother. And uh, Mr. Bauerlein, uh, you chose the poem uh, for this week. Uh, would you like to read it for us? Sure thing. The Mother. Abortions will not let you forget. You remember the children you got, but you did not get. The damp, small pups with a little or with no hair. The singers and workers that never handled the air. You will never neglect or beat them, or silence or buy with a sweet. You will never wind up the sucking thumb or scuttle off ghosts that come. You will never leave them, controlling your luscious sigh, return for a snack of them, the gobbling mother eye. I have heard in the voices of the wind, the voices of my dim, killed children. I have contracted. I have eased my dim deers at the breasts they could never suck. I have said, sweets, if I sinned, if I seized your luck and your lives from your unfinished reach, if I stole your births and your names, your straight baby tears and your games, your stilted or lovely loves, your tumults, your marriages, aches, and your deaths, if I poison the beginning of your breaths, believe that even in my deliberateness, I was not deliberate. But why should I whine, whine that the crime was other than mine, since anyhow, you are dead, or rather, or instead, you were never made. But that too, I am afraid, is faulty. Oh, what shall I say? How is the truth to be said? You were born, you had body, you died. It is just that you never giggled, or planned, or cried. Believe me, I loved you all. Believe me, I knew you. So faintly, and I loved, I loved you, all. Yeah, that's an incredible poem. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's devastating, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I talk about this poem every semester with my um, my students. I teach a. Uh, a freshman composition class and one of the poem one of the papers rather that we do is an essay an analysis essay and i have them just because I, I i like to talk about poetry i have them write an analysis of a poem and leading up to it we talk about some poems in class and this is one of the poems that uh i use every semester because it goes over really well with the students they really respond to this. I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to find poems that connect with like 18, 19 year olds, uh, you know, especially if they're not English majors. But this one seems to do that. And when I, and then when I talk about it, I usually start with the title because it's called The Mother, right? And this poem sort of upsets our expectations. I mean, it's not what you would think uh, a, a poem called The Mother would be about like it gets you right in the first line 
you know, it's called the mother, but then the first line is abortions will not let you forget. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that, um, you know, it, it upsets your expectations, especially in the beginning. But uh, throughout the poem, and especially by the, by the end of it, uh, it, it does, uh, the, it is a very uh, maternal voice, you know, and, and when she says, I, I mean, you know, it, it ends with, I loved you all, believe me, I loved you all, like that, that's really the most important thing that was coming out of of, of the of the speaker's thought process, which I think is is very um, very incredibly done here. You know, it, one of the things that that one of the strengths of the poem is how uh, it doesn't just it's it the the thoughts are never satisfied. They don't resolve easily. As soon as she says something, she says, or rather, or instead, you know, she's yeah. she's 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 being very precise and she's showing her work and in. in in precisely getting at what she needs to be, what she needs to say, and she even admits how, in the end, this must be a futile uh, effort because you know she says, "How is the truth to be said?" Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and, she, and then you, you know, she she all she can really do is state the facts, and all she can do is is say, "Believe me, I loved you all." You know, believe me. Uh, you know, in there, she's kind of betraying uh, an idea that I, I know it. It might be impossible to believe this because of, you know, what what happened to you, what I allowed happened to you. But you know that that maternal uh, love is still there. Yeah, because definitely, because in a very real sense, it, she is a mother, right? Even though these children were never like brought to, you know, they were, they were never born. They were never, uh, um, brought to term in a, in a, in a very real sense. Like she does. Yeah. She, in her, in her heart, in her mind, however you want to say it, she is a mother. Um, so I mean, I think the title for me is it's ironic in the sense that it's, you know, it's, she's, she's, she's not a mother in the traditional sense. There are people who would say that, no, you're not a mother. Right. So it's, it's upsetting that, but it's, it's ironic in the best kind of way because it's why it's upsetting expectations. It's also fulfilling them in, in a strange kind of way simultaneously. Right. And I, I think that's one of the, the, uh, the powerful parts about this poem. Yeah, it's, it's revealing something to us about what motherhood is in, in a way that we didn't quite see before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was struck too, Luke, by the way that you read it, right? Okay. Um, and you read it the way that, like, I would have read it, right? Okay. Um, and it's the way that usually if I ask my students to read it, they would read it in a, in a straightforward kind of, uh, way like that in a somber sort of way, I, especially since the high seriousness of the subject matter, which again is established right away in the first line, in the first word of the poem, right? Mm-hmm. It suggests that kind of reading. Um, but there are things about the poem mm-hmm. that push back against that sort mm-hmm. of very serious, somber tone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, what I think is what I hear in some of the... Because um, uh, the poem kind of plays with having a couple of end rhymes, right? Even if the line yeah. lengths are different and the, and, the, and the beats are different, it definitely plays with that and dissolves them and resolves them. Um, and so I, I definitely hear at times a kind of lighter nursery rhyme. 
going. I, I was yeah, trying exactly. to, uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And I think, I, I'm not sure exactly how I could, uh, with integrity, <laughs> portray that. I mean, I just have kind of like a deep, you know. You, no, 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 no. So I, 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 I was I, trying I, to kind of just give the words, you know, a, a straight a, a meaning. But I, I agree with you that uh, there, are, there are kind of multiple tones being layered in it. And uh, some, some really, I, I'm not sure if I could... Um, exactly describe what's going on with the sounds but i mean there's there's definitely the way that she's uh controlling you know the, the breath and the length of line that 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 modulates uh, some of the emotional content that's going mm -hmm. on yeah yeah yeah, and, and yeah even if the the language itself might not be um you know sort sort of a kind of eye-catching you know like 75 cent words or whatever you might you might think in uh in a modernist poem or a modern poem the language is 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 uh a little more simpler in terms of its vocabulary, but the, the way she's combining the sounds um, and controlling the, the, the thoughts and the way they're put together, it, it really does, um, I, I don't know, it, it, it makes it um, difficult not to sympathize immediately with, with the speaker. And, and I think it kind of disarms us, uh, the, the music of the poem disarms us in a way that regardless of where you might, whatever your preconceived notions about abortions are or where, what you might bring to it politically i think it's it's really hard not to just sort of get caught up in this speaker and the immediateness of the voice absolutely yeah um and i i, I think that you know kind of getting back to what she's doing sonically it's mostly um couplets uh in the first stanza yeah in the first stanza right. yeah and then uh i know children uh i'm not seeing a um an end rhyme for that one but then i you know you have eased suck seized luck then reach, and then and it goes. There's some couplets, names, games, deaths, breaths. You know, so yeah, it it kind Wait. of um, it becomes yeah. more irregular in yeah. the second stanza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, in the first stanza is irregular too, but it it does have like, I mean, even just looking at it, why the line lengths are not, it's not metrical, right? So I mean, what you were saying about like a nursery rhyme. Uh, thing to it, Luke. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it too, because for me, I associate, and I, maybe this is just a personal thing. I associate this kind of unmetered, and it's you know, it's mm -hmm. it's not that it doesn't scan at all, but it's not really regular, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Unmetered rhymed verse like this, I associate that with like children's poetry, like mm -hmm. I, even Dr. Mm -hmm. Seuss or someone like that. Or, or light verse, like yeah. Ogden Nash, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And one of the things that, why I, like, mentioned this kind of, uh, the, the, uh, the tone of the, the poem and, and how it's read, is, ha have any of you ever heard Gwendolyn Brooks read this poem? There's a, there's a reading I on, have, have. yeah, there's a reading on YouTube, which I think is, is her uh, reading it, and um, uh, it's very... Uh, raw you know i mean there's an incredible amount of emotion in, in the reading i'm thinking of well I, yeah the the one that i'm thinking of and i i because i used to use it in my class because i thought it was pretty instructive right to, mm -hmm. to play after somebody reads it and, and then to play the way she read it. It, it, it i think they took it down which is annoying some whoever had it up there took it down but it's like the for me the way that she read it and because this is why it leads me to believe it's a different recording than the one you, you mentioned. It the emotion of it is sort of subdued because it's unsettling. She reads it in this very sing songy kind of childish way, almost as if 
she's reading a nursery uh, oh, rhyme yeah. or or um or a book to a child. I like I, you know um just I, I you know I I, I don't want to get too silly here, but like just to give you like a, an idea of it is, is she would read like the first stanzas like uh, stanza like abortions will not let you forget. You remember the children you got that you did not get. Like in that kind of a voice and like, you know, really Whoa. emphasizing a lot yeah. of the alliteration yeah. and sounds in it. Like, yeah. uh, you will never leave them controlling your luscious sigh. Mm. Return mm. for a snack of them with gobbling mother eye. Like she has that very exaggerated way of reading. And it pushes against the content here. Like in a in a in a pretty unsettling way. After I heard her read that, I go back and I see that, of course, it's happening in the poem. You know, with the yeah. way that it's rhymed and the the the, uh, the heavy alliteration and consonants and assonance that the poem uses too. It it kind of suggests that reading, but of course, the content when we look at it, we want to resist it. Yeah, and and I mean, this is a I mean that's a strategy that uh, a lot of um uh formal poets use i think i mean especially in the 20th century uh yeah. the first thing that immediately comes to mind is my papa's waltz uh by uh yeah. Rethke because it's you know there's a lot there's an undercurrent there that's completely un you know it's it's all between the lines you know and it's this you know lilting uh little children's rhyme almost uh, but the, you know yeah. he's really talking about his his drunk father and and <laughs> right you know right. And, you know and, and that's and I think that that's also I I think that you know there's I think that for for any kind of um, for in any uh, piece of art you know you need tension and I think that formal yes. tension is is essential in in poetry and you know I mean when we write in meter. Uh, there's always a, a tension between how the language is spoken and the abstract, uh, you know, metrical framework that we put it in. You know, it's not right, right, right. You know, to, uh, and of course, you know, a lot of uh, people, you know, people who write in meter think that they need to make it sound perfectly iambic, and they're kind of missing the point. You know, that, that there needs to be some push and pull there. Um, yeah, like kind of what Frost talked about—the sound of sense. I think he called it like where you. The, the sound of someone talking, the way that they talk, and, and, and their language, kind of, uh, that tension against that, the expectation of meter or whatever, if I'm, if I'm kind of interpreting that idea correctly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and he also had a, a, a figure about, um, you know, like, we, we like a, a walking stick, you know, that's been whittled out of a, a branch, that it's, yes, it's a straight stick, but it's got all these little notches in it, and these little uh -huh. bumps or whatever, like it's all these irregularities, and that—that's kind of there's a certain pleasure in that, you know, of uh, of something that's that's both uh, rough hewn and also, you know, elemental or geometrical, even, you know. Um, I mean, I think that's what's happening. Well, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say yeah. that this is uh, this. Uh, there's something a little bit different happening here, but, but yeah, there's, well, there's an there's element of irony. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, the, and and an element of irony, and as you said, attention. Right, that's that's created um, yeah. between the sound and the sense. Yeah, I, I do think though, it's it, I think she uses the sound of the poem and maybe the form 
in a kind of deliberate way in this poem, too. Um, and uh, let me just kind of float this out here and see what you think of it, right? So I already mentioned that I kind of, when I look at this poem, right, there's a contrast between the first stanza and, and the rest of the poem, right? And uh, again, all of the lines are irregular, but the first stanza is a little bit more regular, and it has those rhymed couplets, right? So it's kind of controlled. In the second stanza, it you know, as you mentioned, it still rhymes, and even there, there are even some couplets at times, but it becomes more chaotic, right? And there's more internal rhymes, and the line lengths vary more drastically. Like that first line, I have heard in the voices of the wind, the voices of my dim killed children. Right? That's a long line. But then a few lines down, your luck is its own line. Just those two words, right? And I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can be getting at with like the, her lines and, 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 and what she's trying to suggest with them or whatever. But I kind of wondered, is this form purposeful? And it strikes me that the, the first stanza is written in the second person, right? Where she's talking, like, at a remove. Abortions will not let you forget. You remember the children you got that you did not get, right? And it's like this kind of hypothetical thing. It's not personal. In the second stanza, it becomes, she's talking about herself. And she's using the first person. And she's even, at some point there, uh, addressing the children directly. Right. And uh, I wondered if that, like, kind of, like, erratic form that it takes is some kind of, you know, if it serves to heighten the emotion in any way or reflect her kind of turmoil or something like that. Um, I, you know, I, like, I'm not always a fan of like this idea of mimetic form, but it just strikes me that maybe something like that is happening here. Yeah. And I, well, I, I also, you know, there is a transition from, you know, in the second stanza, there's a transition from, uh, you know, where she's speaking strictly in, in first person. And, and then when she makes that transition to, you know, directly addressing the children, she, she starts off in the, um, the present perfect. Uh, saying I have said, yeah, yeah, sweet, yeah. you know. So it's not even really a like, you know, the way I interpret that, it's a very subtle thing that's happening there. It's not the the poem is still not addressing the the children. That, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a reported yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet she's like, it, it's like this kind of emotional thing where she's engaging with. Her action more, or her, her action. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. And and I do think that like by the beginning of it, even though she does start with "I have said," I think that you know she stays so long in that uh, that tense or that mood um, that by the end of it, it it really does become a direct address. Uh, yeah, to the yeah, children, yeah, yeah. I think, because you know, you you just sort of leave. She, it's like a fugue. I mean, she just flies off from uh, the context that the that the stanza began in. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I noticed that too, Kevin. And I think, um, I think, 
it's it's important though that that um that address happen with some remove and then at the end in the final you know stanza if we want to call it that that like line and a half um that it is that it is a director address because in in both cases to me that means the, the the speaker the mother is trying to convince the kids of that because because what what the speaker is saying is like look i i've said you know what i mean that that you know if i did these things you know you've, you you got to believe that in my deliberateness i was not to deliberate i said it i'm not saying that i believe it though and at the end she's yeah. not saying she believes it she's oh, asking yeah. them to believe it <clears throat> once again i, I don't know yeah. i just i just yeah. noticed that too but it's def definitely a, an important and purposeful decision um and I think, and I think, does make the the remove makes it hit stronger at the end too because of the directness. But yeah, 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 because it starts off remove, and then it becomes so incredibly direct. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, I, and of uh, course, I'm, yeah. I, I was just gonna some. I do remember the the first time, and maybe this, you know, um, for a lot of reasons, but but just sort of like the additional uh, surprise. I think the first time, like uh, oh, like. This was something, yeah. It, it, like the, the fact that it was, it was just sort of like more than one, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, because I, I think there's still to a point if you're not paying, uh, and maybe with a, a, a close reading, you would, you could tell, you know, because she, she does say voices in the wind, voices of my dim killed children. So she's she's upfront with it, but I, I still think there's something about that all that make you know what I mean. It just oh, yeah. really kind of yeah. to end on that. Yeah, yeah. To end yeah. on, and and that's the only word in that final line. Yeah, is yeah. like yeah. multiple abortion, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there's a sense of like clearly of some regret or like you know guilt or or, or shame that she feels about what she did. Um, which is sort of, you know, regardless of what you think about uh, abortion or not, this is like a, a personal, like this is like yeah. a, someone's a personal experience. It's a, it's a lyrical thing uh, in that way. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. But the, the the clear sense, like where she's like haunted by, them, right? She's like, I, and I that adds to I, the, the creepiness too. Like, I mean, the, the creepiness for me comes across. In the way that it's rhymed in this sing-songy kind of way, mm -hmm. but it's about abortions. But also in this sense that she's saying, I have heard in the voices of the wind the voices of my dim killed children. Like to just like pause over that image for a while. Like she like the as the wind howls, she's hearing like the the, the voices of infants or children or wailing or whatever. Like she's haunted by it. Like this is something that stays with her. And in, in a way, through this nursery rhyme kind of sing-songy sound that the poem uh, often uh, deploys. It's kind of haunting the poem as well. Um, yeah, but there's a clear sense of regret here. Um, and in some of her word choices, too, some of the ways that she describes it. She says, the voices of my killed children. I mean, that's a really intense qualifier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, um, if I poisoned the beginnings of your breaths, you know, and, and then just, why should I whine? Whine that the crime was other than mine. These really, like, hard-hitting words that she's using to describe what she did. 
Um, yeah. You know, like the, there's, there's very hard on herself. So yeah. it, again, it's, you know, I, I think the poem sort of forces you to reconcile with that. If she's so, if she feels this regret, you know, even in my deliberateness, I was not deliberate. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but yet I did it again and again. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if, if she feels that way, why, why, why do it again? And mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's the social power right. of this poem. In a very, it's it's making a political kind of statement in a very subtle way. I mean, for me, at least the way I read, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it forces us to ask this question: like, What kind of um, situation in, is this woman in that she feels like this is something that she has to do? Right. right? And again, this is this poem is from the 1940s. This is before it was legal. You couldn't just walk into a, a clinic or something like that. Not that you could really do that in some states now. Right. But it was like, you know, she was risking, you know, a lot here. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, so there, there's, I, there's a point to where, you know, like we could now be projecting onto the poem. But I almost feel like that forces you to think about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that's just me. Yeah. Right? I and and what I what I felt um, I I don't feel that it is it is trying to make any kind of political point. I think also because it, it oh, wasn't yeah. yeah I mean it wasn't the same uh, issue back you know well it, it was different you know the the mm -hmm. wasn't the uh, same rhetoric around it. exactly um, so it's not uh, I I think it is strictly focusing on. Um, uh, you know the the lyrical situation that, of the poem. You know the her personal yeah. Yeah. Uh, feelings about what has happened. Um, but of course, you, it cannot. You can't. You can't take that away from the social uh, matrix that it's in. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and it does make you uh, wonder what. Uh, and I mean, I think that that in that adds to the bitterness of of the feeling is the situation that, that brought her to. Uh, to taking this this drastic measure more than once, you know, and, and that's yeah. completely left unsaid, as far as I can uh, see. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and it, it causes me to wonder, at least if, in some degree, because she's saying, "Believe me, I loved you all." And it's very important that uh, she she she's emphasizing that she loves these children, right? If it wasn't, in some sense, in an act of love, right? I mean, where it's, which is contradictory because she's talking about it as a crime, as something she did. She poisoned them, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but at the same time, she's mm -hmm. saying she loved them, right? Um, and not, I loved you now. I loved you. I loved you then, right? Um, and, she does, and she does say if, you know? Yeah. If I stole, if I poisoned. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and there's again stole. And again, if I sin, right? Yeah. Like those right. those hard, uh, you know, very strong words. Yeah. Again, yeah, if, qualified, if. qualified, but really strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, you know, I was just. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say I had. We we were talking earlier about you know that um that really sort of sharp juxtaposition between the title of the mother and the first line. And then, and then I had, was just sort of talking about how, how it reveals something for me about, about motherhood too. And I, I think it's partly sort of uh, uncovering in, in a really uh, 
detailed way or a really specific way that that sort of cliche about mothers being warriors, right? Because what, what you have here is a situation where even where the, the life didn't come to fruition, what, what this seems to suggest is that the job of mother, the role of mother is to in fact imagine the life for that child is mm. to do that future mm. is to, is to lay that path forward for them. And so in this situation, that, that is how love is capable in this situation. It's because, you know, whenever a mother loses a child or maybe a parent, even, you know, it's like that, that life that you had imagined for them doesn't stop, you know? Right. And I think that's, that's what's going on here. Whether there was an abortion that was had or not, like that is what was, is revealed to me about motherhood. And I think, yeah, I, I, no, I agree. So, which brings us kind of to that yeah. line, which I think could be read um, multiple ways, um, where she says, um, you know, uh, since anyhow you are dead, or mm. rather, or instead, you were never made. But that too, I am afraid, is faulty. Oh, what shall I say? How is the truth to be said? You were born, you had body, you died. It is just that you never giggled or planned or cried. So, I, I mean, I think that there's a couple ways of reading that. In one sense, you could say that the children were born, like, in her imagination, in her, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in her heart, in her dreams right. for them, right? It's like she started being a mother mm -hmm. before giving birth to them. And, you know, even though that the, the, they were never born, like, that... that that feeling of love that she has for them, that maternal feeling, right, right. Uh, already took shape. So in that sense, it had a, a body in like a non-literal kind of way, right? Sure, sure. Um, yeah. And, and then she's feeling like, you know, that, that, that you died is that like, she's realizing that this, that this hope that she already formed for them could never come to fruition. But there's, um, there's another way of looking at it, of course, where it's, actually quite literal mm -hmm. where she's not saying like she's like look this isn't an abstract thing this isn't like a child that i imagined having or that i would someday have that uh, I, I i that i never had like this is like you were conceived you had some kind of like form mm -hmm. right you there were there was the beginning of life right and you died and, you know, and, and, you know, at my hands, really, right, is, 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 the, is her, mm -hmm. what she implies earlier, right? You know, uh, but, you, you know, so you were born. It's just that you were, I, like, I snuffed you out before you could, you know, really live. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, in that well, you sense, could, yeah. it's like a, again, it's like an intense sort of, uh, you know, condemnation of herself and of what happened, right? Um, uh, so I, I think you could read it both ways. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. Yeah, and I, I do read it both both ways. I mean, I just I'm thinking you have. I think you have that 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 early part of 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 her of it actually being born in a sense and having a body and the and the literal sense, and then also just imagining you know the the, the luscious sigh and and the marriages, yeah, the yeah, eights, yeah. and and the and, the, mm -hmm. and the, the the other death, the adult death that will never happen. I mean, it's it's just interesting. Yeah. It's interesting where she takes it, and even if they're not. Um, really specific it's it's so far ranging in the way that it's these little glimpses are you know progress throughout the poem it's interesting that the kind of leaps in time and imagination 
very, very affecting. Yeah, the uh, I um you know speaking of all these leaps, uh, I, I'm the the line. Um, it is just that you never giggled or planned or cried. I I love the, the choice of uh, of verbs there. I mean, giggled and cried is is easy to you know when we're thinking about babies. But she you know she jumps right. ahead to you know when they would make plans. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that um that that juxtaposition um does something uh. I'm having yeah. trouble kind of articulating what it's doing, but it's it's just, well, uh, I don't know. It, 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 in some ways, and as you say that, it, it, thinking about it taking through time, like giggle, something mm-hmm. that would happen to uh, in childhood. Of course, cry this too. But it, it kind of takes you giggled, you know, you're, you're a kid. Then you get to be a little bit older. You start making plans. You start mm-hmm. having dreams for yourself. And then, you know, in adulthood, and it kind of cries. You know, you can never yeah. feel this grief that I feel mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. right. I never even gave you the uh, the option of, or, or the. Um, you'll just never have this kind of experience. Mm-hmm. You'll never have the experience of like just being alive, and with all the happiness and uncertainty and grief that comes with that. Yeah, and and it's actually you know uh, I know uh, Bowerline, you mentioned um, how you know they're they're even robbed of their death. You know the death that they would right. have had if they had, right. if they had lived a full life, and 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 again you know they're they're robbed of of the opportunity to grieve and it's it's interesting to think about that as you know um, maybe it's a, a sort of a mystical uh, kind of way of uh, putting it but it it is a, a an honor to to be able to grieve as much as yeah. it is to to have joy in your life I mean and if you mm. if you want to have a meaningful life you have to have both. Uh, well, and I mean, it, yeah. by grieving, it means that you did have something. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and and that's what's so beautiful about the entire poem is that you know it, it's an acknowledgement of uh, of the whole picture of experience. I because I I don't see anything here that's that's saying that I should not have done this not explicitly you know i mean there's a deeper right right there. right it's much more complex yeah than that. yeah exactly because she, she stopped short of saying of saying that you know yeah um, yeah 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 i mean and, and in fact you know the fact that she did it multiple times would suggest that um mm. there is something that's there's a re- regret and shame but there's right. something that you know that causes her to do this again you know? right because I, yeah, I, I feel like, especially because I teach at a Christian school, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them are very conservative, right? And they and a, a lot of the students latch on to this as, like, some kind of, like, I don't know, like, uh, a poem about, like, the evils, like, this this moralistic thing about how awful abortion is. But, and, you know, in a sense, sure, you know, but like I, yeah, it's much more complex than that. I think it would be a danger to read this as some kind of like cautionary tale with the mother. This is what happens when you have an abortion. You know, like I think that's a really simplistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, right. that, that you know, and, and that would be a totally divorce it from its context too, and all that kind sure, of stuff. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and I mean, really, um, I mean, not to be too morbid about it, but if. You know, you have to think, I mean, there are so many poems uh, about uh, children who die in childhood, you know, and, and having to bury your children after they, you I, thought that they were going to, you know, or you you had all the hopes in the world that they would 
live to adulthood, but because of the circumstances of uh, your life or your poverty or just bad luck, they they die well, you know, well before their time. I mean, uh, in, in a way, it, it, it's um, you can relate it to uh, to a poem like, say, "Home Burial" uh, by Robert Frost. Yeah. Or uh, I've been reading a lot of Wordsworth lately, and it seems like every poem has a, a dead child in it. You know, I mean, sure, not, again, sure. I, I don't mean to make light of that, <laughs> but uh, it is kind of you know, it's one of those uncomfortably funny things that it's just oh, okay. Here's there's the dead kid, you know, in, at the end of the ballad, you know. And um, but uh, but that was such a reality of life back then. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was something oh, that's that so true. People yeah. Recognize. You know, there's, uh, and, and like, you know, you go to like uh, cemeteries um, around here in, in Boston. I mean, I'm sure, if, you know, in, in the Philadelphia area, you have them too. Where, I live uh, across the street from one. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, yeah, and I mean, have you seen like the, the rows of little oh. graves before? You know, where. Well, there, I, I, mine is the, the one that I live across from is a Quaker cemetery, so they're all little graves. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're all like the same, like, low to the ground. But if you go through like I have, and you start looking at, like, the, the, the gravestones, and you start looking at the dates on some of these gravestones, especially, like, the earlier ones. They're, they're still burying people there, actually. But if you look at some of the earlier ones, you'll see how incredibly young a lot of these people are. And, uh, in fact, several of them are were infants, you know, like, only a few months older, you know, or, or like... Or just a small child, only a year or so old. So yeah, I mean, it, it really it hits home how um, you know how often that happened, and yeah. you know, yeah, it's something that we we take for granted nowadays. That uh, you know, yeah. that you know, sure. if you carry a child to term, that they they should expect a you know healthy childhood, and you know, it's yeah. not something we think about that much very often. And um, well, and, and it kind of it reminds me too of uh, my grandmother. Um, she was born in uh, 1901, and uh, she had. Uh, eight children, but whenever she was, and one of them, the first, uh, the first, her firstborn uh, died uh, not too long after he was born. And whenever she was asked how many children she had, she said, "I raised seven boys." She never yeah. acknowledged uh, the child that she lost in his yeah. infancy, and um, uh, and th- I think that was just that was her way of of dealing with that grief. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think you know. And what strikes me about this, relating that to this poem, is the opposite is happening here. Uh, you know, she she definitely uh, acknowledges uh, those children uh, painfully. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, really. Well, that, uh, that's an interesting shift, though, in the way um, that she phrases that too, Kevin. I raised seven boys. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, yeah, I wonder yeah, if there yeah, is yeah. like, you know, like a way, of, like, I wouldn't pick up, if you don't know, you don't know, but if you do know, I wonder if there is sort of a way of gesturing towards it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. And, and, and too, I might, now, that, that's the, that's the word that I came up with, uh, because it was so long ago when, when I, oh, the, sure, sure. Okay, okay, yeah. boy, but yeah, that, that's, um, maybe that was my way of, <laughs> you know, kind of acknowledging <laughs> it, you know. Sure. And in, in a way, like, it kind of similar to that, like. Yeah, because it would be hard, because it's, it's interesting, because as soon as you're asked a question like that, mm. I mean, your grandmother, would ask, she, I mean, she must immediately remember, right? And then oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. how do I acknowledge I this, so. right? Yeah. Like, I lost a brother, 
right? Mm -hmm. And people sometimes ask me, how many siblings do you have? And I, I never know how to answer. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, like, I'm like, how many do I have now? Or how many did I have, right? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I just, you know, answers if my brother's still alive. You know, and I, you know, um, uh, and, and other, but yeah, there's, so that, there's that, that kind of like brief moment of panic. Like, oh, how do I answer this question? You don't want to get too intense and be like, well, you know, there's that other child that died in infancy. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah there's, uh, well, and it's all, it, it's interesting. Like anytime something uh, uh, traumatic happens uh, or or like anything that, that causes you to, you to grieve heavily. Um, it's interesting when, you know, you're faced with situations where you, you have to, I mean, if, it could be as simple as someone saying, well, hey, how have you been? And that, that's what I've felt lately. You know, it's just things that have been going yeah. on in my life. Hey, how's it going, Kevin? Like, well, it's okay. You know, and, and like, which, yeah, yeah. And, and it and it is, and yet it isn't, <laughs> you know, and, and having yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, I guess it really depends on who you're talking to and just how much uh, you feel like uh, you can unload on them or how much uh, politeness, you know, what, what, when they're asking how are things going or when they ask you these, what, what are they really asking you, you know, um, what, what does the conversation call for? Um, yeah, and it's because we, you know, because when people ask that, they're, it's this kind of emotional candor <laughs> you know um this kind of revealing our, our grief or our struggles that we're going through it's almost impolite it's kind of yeah. impolite and, yeah. and that's part of the the fact that this poem is so candid and and does it so nakedly mm -hmm. you know and and, mm -hmm. and 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 even has the audacity to have rhyme and wordplay in this kind of way yeah. you know, like that's part of its effect. It's unsettling, like right away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no like getting her. There's no like implication about it or anything. Mm -hmm. She just says abortions. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's mm -hmm. what we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about. Right. right? And <laughs> like uh, you know, and you know, it's something that in polite society we're afraid of because it's it's real. It's real. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, say that that that's definitely. I mean, if there's any place uh, to to uh, to address these things, it, it's in a poem, you know, uh, sure. uh well, of course, and, and, and immediately I think of just the countless, uh, ways where it's just not done well and, and where, yeah, okay. It's, and how many poetry readings I've been to where it, it's just, you know, yeah. the material's not handled very well and it, it, it's no longer in a, such a, a purely, or it's no longer an aesthetic experience. It, it becomes something else. Um, yeah, there has to be some kind of distance, right? Some kind of distancing that happens, right? Yeah, Which is maybe yeah. where this formal tension comes in. Yep. Because if it's too naked, it just it. I I don't know. It feels like the poem has designs on us. It feels like it's it's overly sentimental. Like right. you know. Yeah. 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 I, I think this poem really between uh, some kind of um, you know. Uh, lightning touch or an ironic touch that it adds in and there, there's like a, a, a the perfect balance between irony and candor and it just there's some kind of alchemy that happens in this poem that is freaking amazing so. <laughs> yeah and, and i love too how we can we can kind of i mean we're enjoying this poem 
Uh, sure. You know, and and we're we're I mean we're laughing, albeit uncomfortably, but it's not you know, and 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 don't get me wrong, the poem has the power to move you to tears. But yeah. but I just love how we're we're enjoying this deeply, and yet it is about a an incredibly heart wrenching experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, as I mean, my empathy, uh, and, and empathy has become such a buzzword, but, uh, you know, like some part of me can kind of understand some little facet of what this experience must be like for someone. Uh, you know, I, I mean, my, um, and so like I, it, I can kind of, it gives me some kind of handle on, on this, an experience that I'll never have personally. I mean, just by virtue of my gender and um yeah, sure uh but at, but again at the same time at the end of the day it is also a work that we can f- derive some kind of pleasure from and i mean pleasure in a very broad sense and uh, yeah. i don't know I, i'm waxing philosophically here but i, I just wanted to kind of <laughs> you know to yeah. kind of acknowledge that uh that this is what good poetry does you know i mean it could take something that is just you know the most um terrifying uh and and the hardest experiences of human life and turn it into something that that uh you know three guys can talk about and uh and and you know just get a lot of enjoyment from uh yeah admire the 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 craft behind it or whatever and uh you know because i i've I've been thinking lately about conversations that uh, we've seen online about uh you know someone will share a poem that's that's particularly dark and people will kind of complain it's oh it's too dark there's no humor in this it's like well you don't have to have humor in everything for it to be enjoyable you know you don't have to yeah I, i love stuff that gets really dark if it's you know again when when it's handled well when there's that perfect blend of irony and um and craft and 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 all the things that are in this poem well that's all we have for this month thank you for tuning in and uh, be sure to check out our blog at workscitedpodcast.com for more information about today's poem until next time this is kevin and on behalf of myself and the lukes i hope you have a great month and now here is philadelphia's own the late greats.